It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome on Facebook and Instagram at The Mike Novak Show and at Mike Now on Twitter. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Nova. Good planets are in the Right. I only have one bell. You, 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 you have you have the whole thing. I have just. Um, we're all a jingle this morning. <laughs> Here we are, folks. Wait, I gotta duck down if you're gonna see these guys. You gotta turn your nose on, though. Oh wait, right. Hey, hey, Rudolph, with your nose so bright. <laughs> wait, I gotta wait. I got. I I uh, actually uh, have to uh, uh, play that too. Oh right! It would help if I uh, if I turned it on. So uh, all right, hold on two seconds. Get the audio. I have a, I have so many audio files I'll here. Jingle while you're doing that. There now I can do this. That's it. It's the end of the show. We're out of here. <laughs> We're done. We're jingled. Uh, oh, wait. I, what I can do is uh, I can just hang this on the, the microphone. Well, you won't be able to see it if I hang it on the microphone. I'll just I'll just keep it handy, and these guys just keep falling off, so they're out of here. And I won't be and able to breathe if I do this, itchy. so that's out of All here. All right. I'll put that back on later at some point. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. It is, guess what? It is not only the holiday uh, edition of the show. It's Christmas! Uh, and for a lot of people this year, it's mixed feelings uh, about Christmas. It's kind of hard. It's been, it's been a tough year, hasn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but um, here we are, lurching to the end of the year. And guess what? This is also the final show of the year. Um, I, uh, really? I did, oh come on you knew that don't 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 you oh, come on. don't you play innocent with me um, all right yeah there you go just get the bells out because you're going to be sleeping in next week too and so will I um yeah I, I, you know what I just need a week off it's been it's mm-hmm. been a it's been a rough ride in the last few months but you know what everything's smooth now we're just like we're just kind of. We're kind of cruising in, I hope. Uh, let's knock on something, you know. I, I should be careful. Shut up, Wesley. 
Um, Uh-oh. But uh, no, we're, we're, we're looking good and, and uh, excited about 2021 and all the, the cool stuff uh, we're going to do next year. Um, and so because this is the final show of the year and the holiday show, uh, mm-hmm. as you know, there's a tradition here. It's a wonderful slice of It's a Wonderful Life. So we're, we're, we're definitely doing that today. Um, I will cop to the idea that it will not be done live because uh, we, we weren't going to risk that. Not, not, not today. Um, and so we, uh, we taped it earlier in the week. Well, we didn't actually use We recorded it. We, I, you we, know, we Zoomed it. We Zoomed it. I mean, for all you folks who've been Zooming way too much this year, we did too. Uh, yeah, but we, that we had we were in Bedford Falls when we were zooming. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna like it. We've got an all-star cast: uh, Melinda Myers. Wow, where she gets a ding? Um, I can't believe she said yes. No, I she really gets can. a jingle. Yeah, there, wait, okay. Um, and she's uh, one of our all-star guests, and of course, uh, Ron Cowgill and Rich Cowgill. Not related. We didn't. I didn't even ask him that question this year. Um, mm-hmm. because, uh, uh, it doesn't matter, but they're from mighty house home improvement show and, uh, our, 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 our administrative assistant slash intern, Kayla Delia Reconquista, who's, uh, watching, I think right now and, and, yep. and is always helping us with the streams and sending it out to Facebook and, uh, the used tubes and the Twitter machine and even the website. Well, that's Kathleen. Kathleen's upstairs, always making sure it gets out on uh, on our show page. And the Periscope. And the Periscope. Well, that's the Twitter machine. Um, mm-hmm. But nobody knows what Periscope is. They, why don't they just call it Twitter video or something? Twitter live. I don't know. Um, too easy. Yeah, it would be. And, uh, and of course, uh, Ellie Sanchez, uh, who is our former administrative assistant and slash intern, and she's part of it. And Mary... Of course, is played by uh, by Peggy. So uh, that that is at ten o'clock. So you got to stick around for that. But before then, we've got a couple of really terrific guests on the show. We're talking first plants. Uh, well, I'll tell you the second guest, and then I'll bring in our first guest. The second guest, Elizabeth Alfano, um, who is a plant-based guru. Uh, and uh, all ha- things plant-based. All yes. things plant-based, uh, meaning consuming plant-based. Uh, the, see, our first guess is growing plants, and then our second guess is consuming them. Um, and and Elizabeth, the business of plant-based. The business, yes. and it has become really big business, which is really interesting. Uh, and Elizabeth Alfano has some predictions for 2021 about plant-based business. And she says plant-based business is getting big. Uh, so that means that the corporate interests will take it over at some point. Right, Peggy? Um, uh, that's the scary part. That's the scary part. So we'll talk to her at uh, 930. But before then, let's go to uh, our uh, First guest who's there on her phone at home. See, I thought, Joan Murray, that you would be at work today. Uh, do you, uh, are you going into? Uh, she works at City Grain. She is the plant boss. Are, are you going in uh, today? Yeah, after the phone call. I mean, after this, <laughs> right after the phone call. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
and we've worked with Joan before because we've done live events over at uh, City Grange. Uh, I actually did a little caroling there last year with my group, the Frozen Robins. Um, so good. Uh, you, uh, thank you so much. That's that's very kind. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, and uh, this year, well, 2020 was was quite a ride, wasn't it, Joan? It's been. It was quite the adventure. Um, we were at City Grange. We had a three day business plan for the first few months <laughs> because we kept pivoting every three days because things kept changing. Wow. What's been exciting about this year, I think, for the plant business is that so many people discovered gardening. And yes. we've brought lots of new gardeners into the fold, and that's great. And we should explain that City Grange is a, a relatively brand new garden center in the city of Chicago. There are two locations. You have a, a north side location uh, on Northwestern. Uh, was that 5500 Northwestern? Not, 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 not Northwestern the street, but Western Avenue North. At Catalpa. At Catalpa. At Catalpa, correct, um, yeah. And your second uh, location, which you opened, uh, you kind of previewed it in, in 2019, and then uh, you were able to, uh, to, to be open this year, weren't you? We opened in the, in the late spring, and um, we're at 99th Street, 1818 90, West 99th Street in Chicago. Um, and it's a beautiful place. It's an old auto body shop that's been converted to a beautiful plant store and garden center. <laughs> what is it about you and old <laughs> auto body shops that you convert into garden well, centers? There's a we like to to make things new again and to make things beautiful. And I have to add this uh, lust for gas stations I've inherited from Lamanda Joy. She's the person <laughs> who brought me down that path. And uh, yeah, we're always looking for a cool old gas station. Got a couple in. Okay. Can't, can't say more, but I got a couple in our sites right now. So yeah, I, that's well. I, I actually read it online, and it, you, know, you guys are you might be uh, pulling some surprises on us with uh, some other locations. But right now, City Grange has two locations, and I, I need to give you guys a shout out because you've been very helpful to Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards, which Peggy and I are part of, as is Illinois Extension, as is Shed Aquarium, as is Chicago Community Gardeners Association, and a bunch of groups. Um, And Lamanda Joy, who uh, runs City Grange, um, has donated gift certificates to the winners of our contests. This year we had the 60-second garden video challenge because we couldn't go out in person in Judge Gardens and as we mentioned on the show, we had more than 13,000 views of the videos. And Lamanda stepped up and said, hey, uh, the winners deserve... Actually, everybody who entered got a certificate of some mm-hmm. kind. Um, and the winners got uh, slightly uh, bigger certificates. Uh, and uh, that was really nice. So we thank City Grange for that. They've, they've been a wonderful sponsor of Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards. But we're here today to talk about the kinds of plants that you might get at Christmas or that you already have. I mean, here we are heading into the cold months uh, and trying to keep those puppies alive. Uh, and anybody who has keep a our gar- house plants going too. Well, that's what I'm saying is uh, keep uh, any plant you have indoors uh, going. Um, and some people get holiday plants, but some people are have plants already let's start with the holiday plants though and of course the biggest and the most spectacular are 
the poinsettias. I know, Joan, you say poinsettia. Um, we determined on this show many years ago that the proper way of pronouncing it is ponzetter. So pon, yeah. ponzetter is the name pon, of the plant. Ponzetter? Ponzetter. I like that. Pons- well, you know how it goes, no. though. <laughs> but you know, with gardeners, with the plant pronunciation, twenty gardeners, twenty pronunciations, right? I mean, that's kind exactly of the part. exactly. Ponzetter, just just start saying that though. Ponzetter, 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 Ponzetter. Okay. Um, so the thing that's like interesting though about though, the Ponzetters is the fact that you know we have people that always <laughs> I got her. Always, you did always come in and um, talk about how they their cousin's cat died from eating, you know, poinsettia or poinsettias. Um, and the reality is done like a study. I just looked at Ohio State and a 50 pound children, a child would have to eat 500 leaves before there'd be any harmful effect other than vomiting. So I'm not, I'm not telling people like, you know, give it to your pets to eat. But at the same time, that's kind of a, an urban legend, or if you will, about how that they're super poisonous to animals. I, they do I've... make animals th- throw up. Yeah, but I'm so glad you started with that because people get these ideas. And I don't know why poinsettias have uh, been the victim of this, uh, especially. Maybe it's because they're euphorbias. And mm-hmm. as as you know, Joan, euphorbias have a milky sap that comes out. Um, um, there are all kinds of different euphorbia. It's one of the most amazing plant uh, genera in the world. Uh, and I think that leads... To that somehow, but uh, let let me reemphasize what Joan Murray just said. The plant boss knows poinsettias are not going to kill. They're not going to kill your pets. All right, they're not going to kill you. You you might throw up, um, but uh, you're not going to die. So get that out of your head. That ain't going to happen. So that's a great place to start. So that because I've sold these things, these plants for years, and that's always like always that question, or if someone has a story, but. We never really knew who that person was who has that animal who died, but everyone seems to know someone <laughs> yeah. who knows someone who needs someone. So, and the other thing about, uh, they're kind of a finicky plant because they're a tropical. If you've ever had a chance to travel very tropical places, I was in Rio many years ago and I remember seeing them for the first time growing wild along the side of hills, I guess all over the Philippines, the same thing. So it's beautiful to see this plant in its natural environment. So number one, it's a tropical. So you don't want to keep it any place where there's like breezes or cool drafts that are coming in. And secondly, they like to be watered, but they don't like to, uh, we, we say in the business, have wet feet. You want to make sure you water it and it drains through and it's not sitting in water because I read that the number one cause of death of this plant is overwatering or rot. Mm-hmm. Well, so Joan, I, like I, pretty, you could you yeah. could say that about most indoor plants that the over one yes, cause of death is overwatering. Folks, let them dry out. The one exception that I've got, and you you'll appreciate this, Joan, is my uh, my peace lily. Um, mm-hmm. About seven years ago, I want to say, I decided to try an experiment and I put it in a glazed pot that does not have drainage holes, which is like the number one sin. You should never do that, folks. Do not try this at home. I'm a professional, so I can do it. Uh, But I put it in a a glazed pot without drainage hole. That puppy is so happy. It continues to be happy because peace lilies love water. But even Mm -hmm. that plant, I wait till it dries out before I, I water it again. And, you know, it'll send a little signal that you can, you can, you, when you get to know your plants, you get the idea when they're about to droop and, and you can get to it before it does. But 
I'm sure, Joan, you would advise everybody, please have a drainage hole uh, for your pot. Right. Well, I think that to speak to two things. One is, you're right. I think that every plant, you know, you call it in poker a tell. Every plant has a tell that's when they're in distress. And if you get to know your plants and look at them, you'll start to know when it looks like it's in distress, um, that you're overwatering, underwatering, maybe especially in the winter, you should look underneath your leaves of your plants, look for spider mites, things like that that tend to show up in the winter when stuff is inside. Can I ask a question about that? Spider mites. Okay, let's see. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. If you see webs on your plants, it's probably spider mites. Mm -hmm. What do you advise people about spider mites? Well, with spider mites, um, they are a very, they're a very clever little bug that shows up when a plant is in distress. And usually this occurs through the lack of not having enough, enough water. They like a really dry condition. So when you find spider mites, what it's telling you is that you're not watering the plant enough or it's in too, too much of a dry area. It might be not getting enough humidity. So what I would do is I would take the plant to, to shower or sink, depending on its size, and just give it a super good bath and get every single little spider mite off of it. Um, and then what you could do is use a um, like ivory soap um, liquid with some water and put it in a spray bottle and spray the plant. And what that does, it makes it not hospitable for the spider mite to come back. So that would be my that would be my guess. And and with the soap, you just need the the lightest concentration of soap, correct, right? Correct, mm-hmm. right, right. Yeah. I would say two thirds to a third or something like that. Um, because what you want to do, you want to make the plant like it's not a good home. Because that's what the bug's looking for is a place to nest. You know. To yeah. Live. Yeah. Well, if I if I you sprayed soap on me, um, I actually might like it. But uh, <laughs> but but is <laughs> you're not a spider mite. I I, I might need it as it turns out. <laughs> Uh, during, especially during the pandemic. Uh, but uh, see, that's that's a good tip. So with the poinsettias, you're saying don't put them in drafts, uh, don't overwater them. Uh, most plants, please don't overwater them. What what about light for your poinsettias? Um, I mean, I guess, you know, with the poinsettias, it's sort of like a cut flower in a way. I don't think if you're going to buy these thinking you're going to have these last forever. Um, so light is important, but it's not vital. So I would say just some direct light, but it doesn't have to be your optimal light versus, you know, other houseplants that need that to survive. It can just have some high light would be fine. Yeah. But you know what, Joan, there people out there like me, like you, they hate to kill a plant. Um, and there are people who will keep their poinsettias alive and there are people who keep them alive for years and then they become these, these sticks in a pot. Um, that they're alive, kind of, that they don't bloom. Um, what do you advise for somebody who, I, and, and I actually know people who will take them outside and put them in the ground, sometimes in the whole pot for the summer mm-hmm. so that they get mm-hmm. good light and some nutrients and right. then they bring them back in. Well, they actually, I, uh, when getting ready for this talk or, you know, today, I did look up about how to, if you want to like overwinter your poinsettias and to do that year after year. And it's exactly what your friends are doing is that you would cut back on the watering in March, put them in a bright window and take all the leaves off. Because interesting, the leaves are not, the red is the leaves or the bracts. And they're not the flower of the plant. So that all needs to come out. The actual flower of the plant is the little yellow stuff in the middle, which I forget the name. So that's the actual <laughs> flower. So you take the leaves off and you let that sit in the window and then you trim back those sticks that the leaves are on. 
and bring it outside and let it sit outside for a couple months and you bring it back inside and then according to this article um the plants go bloom again so there's a process that you do and it's something i've gone over quickly if someone's interested i'd advise going online there are several articles about it pretty fascinating really yeah well we did a, a way back like a, a, a eight or nine years ago on this show we we did something called the great Brackdoff. Um, because, uh, we wanted people to get bracked off and, um, and what we did is we encouraged folks to get their poinsettias to rebloom. And the way you do it is basically when you get to to the later part of the year, you stick it in a closet and you don't, Ah. and you give it a certain amount of light per day. And I forget exactly what the, what the formula is. Um, I'm betting, that my buddy Dan Costa is watching, and he probably knows see exactly. See if he puts that up on Let's Facebook. Let's see if he puts yeah. that up there. But you got to be careful. If you let stray light in, you won't. The plant won't rebloom. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it needs to stay wow. dark for a, yeah. many hours a day. Yeah. So <laughs> you can you can do it for me, and probably for most people, it's more trouble than it's worth. You might as well just go get a fresh one, uh, because that's why we have growers who do that sort of thing. Yes. So uh, that's independent that, garden centers that. Yeah. And, oh, and by the way, we should mention so, uh, City Grange is at citygrange.com. We need to mention that. Thank you, Peggy. Thank you. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, wh- okay. Christmas cactus. Let's talk about Christmas yes. cactus. Um, I haven't had one of those in years, and it's time for me to get it. And I always forget to pick one up, but I, I, I really need to do that because they're really fun plants, aren't they, Joan? Mm-hmm. Oh, they are. And we have them at City Grange. Um, they're of one course of my you favorite. do. Um, of course we do. I, I want... Whoa, sorry. That's my fault. Okay, go ahead. Okay, it's something that's definitely grown. This plant has grown in popularity through the years. And they're really pretty easy to take care of. You need to put them in a really kind of bright light, a bright window, because they are part, They are a, a succulent. They hold a lot of water. Um, and you only water them when they're dry. You don't want to overwater them. Take off the spent blooms, and you should be able to have this plant for years. Uh, they like to be pot bound, so you don't have to transplant it very often. And uh, you want to fertilize, but you want to fertilize between the months of April and October. So right now you wouldn't be fertilizing. Oh yeah, uh, and that's a good point about um, all plants at this time of year, all right. indoor plants. Uh, they're trying to rest, okay? They need a nap as well. So uh, if you're if you're pumping, uh, nutrients into them, they're they're not going to respond well because there's lower light, um, there's lower humidity. They really don't they they don't have any energy. They they don't know what to do with all this food you're giving them. So this is not a good time to feed a plant, Joan. Right, and the other one thing I want to that I about the Christmas cactus, they do like to be brought outside. And there's been studies that shows by bringing them outside at some point during the end of summer that really helps them to rebloom, getting closer to Christmas oh, nice. and to set their buds. So they're saying like like the last three weeks of late summer into early fall, when the evenings are still like in the you know low fifties, it'd be the time to do it. Wait, and now, what do you? Well, go ahead, Peggy. I was going to ask: Is the Thanksgiving cactus and the Christmas cactus the same plant? It is the same plant. They just and there's also now an Easter cactus, okay. right? So I think there's been a little marketing. So going it's, a on marketing there, right? <laughs> it's a marketing thing. It's a marketing ploy. But they all a, grow yeah, the same. They bit. all bloom the same. They all yes, they all bloom the same. They you know it's weird as the colors are sort of like adapted for the season. Ah. You know I've seen like the Easter cactus is much more pastels. It's interesting. Ah, yeah. and I think it's just a matter of when you decide you want it to bloom. It's kind of like amaryllis. 
Uh, I never get them upstairs in time for Christmas. Um, and, um, uh, they're still sitting in my basement and I'll pull them out at mm-hmm. the beginning of the year, but actually that's good. Cause then I get them in blooming in February yeah. and when you need mm-hmm. some color and you need some cheering up. Uh, so let's, uh, uh you know, and I'm going to have to get to a Christmas cactus, uh, or Easter slash Thanksgiving cactus soon. Uh, Valentine's cactus. Right. Exactly. Um, uh, and so what was that tip again? I Joan about, uh, the Christmas cactus outdoors. Okay. Because the thing that, all right, well, of all the plants that I researched today that are what your Christmas plants are that you find at, you know, garden centers, um, the Christmas cactus has the best chance of surviving for years. And what they say, I'm just going to go over the care, is that you're going to put it in a bright window, only water it when it's dry, and you want to, you check and see if it needs to be watered every seven to ten days. Okay, so that's how you keep it alive. Now, if you want to get the plant to rebloom, uh, you're supposed to take it out at the end of the summer, early fall, and leave it outside for about three weeks. Uh, this will then encourage the plant to rebloom, and you'll have blooms at Christmas time. And I think I remember says, why that is yeah. because it's it's uh, temperature sensitive. Yeah, I think it has to do mm-hmm. with the temperatures, and that induces the the buds and the blooming. That makes sense. Well, it's just the way like hydrangeas set their buds in the fall for the spring. Yeah, you know, it's just the time the plant need to set mm-hmm. its buds. Yeah. Okay. Uh, why did the audio keeps going off when I do that? Um, all right. Let's um, let's move on to amaryllis because we were talking about that. And, and here's yes. here's something you need to know about. When you buy an amaryllis, you're not buying an amaryllis. You're actually buying a hippie astrum um, because mm-hmm. that's that's the genus. Amaryllis right. is, it consists of one plant that's a South African plant. Uh, and that's not what is sold here. The ones that we, we buy are the ones from Central and South America that have been cultivated, and there's like 300 varieties of them. Um, but and Everybody calls them amaryllis, but they're really hippie astrums. That's just uh, something to amaze your friends with, a little fact for the party that you won't be going to this year. When, when you're just dropping your Latin terms out there. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about f- a care and feeding of amaryllis, Joan. Well, amaryllis are a great plant, and I agree. I usually plant them and have flowers around Valentine's Day. I never get them at Christmas either. But what the thing that the one mistake people make with amaryllis is they put it in a pot and then stick it on their coffee table where it doesn't get enough light, and then it does. They grow weakly or they don't grow nice ah. and straight. So the one, so the one thing about the amaryllis is please put it in a bright light, and you want to turn the pot every few days. That way, that'll encourage the flower and the stem to go nice and straight and tall. Mm-hmm. And uh, the soil likes to be keep evenly moist, more so than other bulbs. It doesn't mean it should be sitting in damp, damp soil, but let it, let it, don't let it go bone dry. So that's my tips about the amaryllis and about that idea that, so with your amaryllis, you just stick them down in the basement, Mike? Mm-hmm. Well, what I do like is- After I, they're done blooming? Yeah, when they're done. Well, yeah. no, 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 no. What I do is uh, in, in the spring, I take them outside. I put them in the yeah. yard. Like right. all the other- all summer right. too. Yeah. Right. I leave them outside all yeah. summer. And uh, so they get the natural watering and the sun, and then I bring them into the basement just as it's starting to get cold, and I'll let them dry out and and have a rest. And then I bring them upstairs and water them, and voila. And mm-hmm. I love your tip about put it in a bright light, but you got to turn it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you'll notice mm-hmm. because the stalk starts to bend towards the light, and you just, if you want it to go up straight, yeah. that's And you might need you... to stake it anyways for the super tall ones because the blooms are so heavy. Right. Yeah, that that does happen as well. So uh, great tips. All right, I have to bring up a plant because Dan Costa is watching. Uh, and he said, by the way, he said a pot without a drainage hole 
is called a flower vase. All right. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> um, thank you, Dan. <laughs> but he also said he talked about the, uh, uh, the um, uh, poinsettias or ponzettas. Uh -huh. um, needs mm -hmm. at least 14 hours of darkness out of every 24. Start around Labor Day. Oh. Start around Labor Day till color show. So if you haven't done it, you're not, you're not doing it this year. So 14 hours of <laughs> darkness out of 24. Um, but he said you've got to mention cyclamen. Now, I don't know if you mm -hmm. um, have that on your list, Joan. I do. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Tell I us do. There, I have a big list. <laughs> uh, well, this cyclamen, yes. This will be our last plant of the, of the day. So uh, tell us a little bit about acyclamen. Well, acyclamen is a great plant because it's a cool season plant. It can tolerate um, temperatures into the 40s. So it's just good for people that have like a drafty windowsill with, you know, decent light. Ah. That would be a good place to put a cyclamen. And um, they can bloom up to eight weeks for right con with the right conditions, you know. And this is something that you see at all different places. And they've come out with some really beautiful colors. We have some really beautiful and red ones that were just gorgeous that came in. Um, like it doesn't like warm drafts. And the other thing about a cyclamen is deadheaded. Take the spent flowers off and you want to water from the base. So, you know, put it in a bowl or something and let the water come up. Uh, the leaves don't like to get water on them. That's, so that's my cyclamen. Those are great they're supposed tips. To... Uh, you know, and, now and should... yeah. go, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, Joan. No, I was going to say the one thing I did, I wasn't fine. No one seemed to have any stories of success of getting these to rebloom. So I don't know if Dan, maybe this is a challenge that he. Ah, well, there we go, Dan. Well, <laughs> and, and like I, he likes that kind of thing. And before we go, I have a story for you about cyclamen because there's there's hardy cyclamen which you can grow in your yard. Um, right. And mm -hmm. don't get don't confuse that with florist cyclamen, which most people are going to buy at uh, City Grange and other places, uh, because that won't survive our winters here. Um, a few years ago. I planted some hardy cyclamen seeds. And do you know how long they took to germinate? Six, six months. Wow. Six months I had them in a closet. And then I planted them oh. up and I was, yeah, I was like, yay. Um, uh, and, uh, oh, and I got Bruce. Can you show pictures of these plants? Bruce, I'd like to, baby. <laughs> it's not going to happen right now. Uh, we'll, we'll have to do that. Um, and uh, anyway, so I planted the hardy cyclamen outside, and then they went dormant one year. I knew where they were. I dug them up. I was going to retransplant. I was going to transplant them to a different area, put them in pots, did not label the pots, lost track of these plants that I had germinated for six months and never saw them again. Uh, and I just, it broke my heart. But that, that's a lesson to everybody. Please label your plants when you're transplanting because uh, mm -hmm. yes. tragedies like that can happen. Uh, Joan Murray, the plant boss from City Grange, go to citygrange.com. Stop by one of their two locations. They're still doing deliveries uh, this you season. Order online. Yeah, you're you still can... doing Christmas yep. tree deliveries too, right? Yes, we are, but they're going quick. We're... Okay. <laughs> if you need a tree, get online right away. Okay, fantastic. It's okay. such a pleasure yes. having you here. Uh, we'll Thank do it again so in the future, and and yes. happy 2021. Let's get out of this year and move on to the next one. What do you say? Yeah, I think it sounds great, and to everyone, have really happy holidays and enjoy each other and enjoy nature. All right. Thank you. Take care. Thank you so much Thanks, for Joan. being with Thank us. You. That is uh, Joan Murray, and uh, coming up, Elizabeth Alfano 
You can help slow climate change in 2021 by composting. And you don't even need a backyard. By composting communally in multi-unit buildings across Chicagoland, Collective Resource Compost has diverted 7,000 tons of food scraps since 2010. CRC brings you a fresh 5-gallon bucket or a 32-gallon neighbor tote with each pickup. You fill it with organic matter, they swap it out, and get it to a commercial composting operation. Fight climate change. Go to collectiveresource.us. At this time of year, we spend a lot of time indoors with our plants, so help them thrive. The plants you're viewing were treated with Leafzyme, a foliage spray designed to activate beneficial microbes already present on the leaves. A spritz every few weeks promotes growth-enhancing microorganisms that process dust and other particles into nutrition that indoor plants can absorb through their leaves for beautiful and vigorous growth. Go to blazing-star.com and check out their BioGarden line for home gardeners. Hello from Happy Leaf. This is B.J. Miller, the horticulturist here on staff. Now that we've put away our gardens for the winter, it's time to start indoor gardening. The best way we can help you be successful with indoor gardening is to provide you with a really great grow light. There are a lot of choices on the market and it can be extremely confusing to decide what you need. Our goal here at Happy Leaf is to provide you with a light that lasts a very long time and makes your plants really happy. We have several satisfied customers, including our friends Mike Novak and Peggy Malecki, because we have specifically designed a light that is versatile, it's very effective, and it is extremely simple to use. Our lights are perfect for seed starting, but you can do so much more, especially these months of the winter. You can supply yourself with your own leafy greens and herbs, grow lots of different types of vegetables, keep your small fruit trees thriving, and your houseplants will think you've sent them for a day at the spa. it through December Everything's gonna be alright and all It's the coldest time of winter <laughs> I shiver when I see the falling snow We make it through December Got plans to be in a warmer town come summertime. Ah, uh, yes. I had to play this song. Actually, this was a request uh, by Kathleen, and she said, uh, you got to play Merle Haggard. That's, and I, had never, I forgot about that song. I had never heard this song before. And, it's, and it goes on. It's very cheery. Yeah. He talks about, you know, being laid off from the plant. And uh, wait, hold on. Let's get these off. Wow. Going to hurt myself. And I- we, I also have a read to do before we get started here. Okay, let's do that. And uh, but I just you know this that by the way I got to mention that song was written in 1974. So mm-hmm. some things don't change. Sometimes we have to find a way to no. just get through the uh, the the December. year. December. Okay, go ahead, Peggy. McHenry County College's Center for Agrarian Learning continues to create opportunities for folks to learn about growing food and working with the earth. In January, Atina Diffley, organic vegetable farmer and author of the award-winning memoir, Turn Here Sweet Corn, Organic Farming Works, will be presenting two workshops of two sessions each. Both feature valuable skills for new and established farmers. 
The first is Record Keeping Made Easier, Strategies and Systems. This is going to be held on January 13th and 20th. The second is Crop Planning for Market Needs and Profitability, which will be January 27th and February 3rd. Now, as part of your registration, you'll receive either the Wholesale Success Manual or Direct Market Success Manual, an $80 valued, and those are published by Family Farmed, which is supporting these workshops. And by the way, if the name of Tina Diffley sounds familiar, she's been a guest on our show and she does know her stuff. So go to mchenry.edu slash C-A-L to find more information. That's mchenry.edu slash C-A-L. Someone else who knows her stuff is sitting there in the lower left corner of your screen, and that's Elizabeth Alfano, who is... Uh the plant-based guru um, and uh, businesswoman. Um, and I saw you, I, were you familiar with the Merle Haggard song? I could see you uh, bouncing to the beat. I wasn't, and I loved that you pulled it up. And then I wasn't sure if I was on camera or not. I was going to go and run and get my Christmas hat. I have this huge Santa hat. I wanted oh. to be here with your reindeer ears. and your. You can do it right now. How, how far away is it? You don't mind? It's no. right around the corner. You want me to go get my... Go get it. Right go back, get it. We, we, you we'll guys we, <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves here. We, That's, can, we can keep introducing Elizabeth while she's getting her hat. Go ahead. Why don't you uh, do that, uh, Peggy? Well, Elizabeth Alfano is an award-winning media personality. She's a successful businesswoman, an investor, a coach for people, and one of the foremost plant-based business experts in North America. So she, as you said, she's a plant-based guru. She's the founder of her media and marketing company, Plant Powered Communications, she produces and hosts the weekly online series, The Plant-Based Business Hour, and she hosts both the awesome Vegan Influencer Series online and her weekly syndicated radio show, Plant-Based Life and Style. And that actually happens to be on the radio station we were at uh, until September. Uh, so uh, and it's at w- 3 o'clock every Sunday at Central Time. WCGO, uh, AM and FM, uh, and maybe she can't find the hat. Well, that's all the time we have. We've, we've, we've lost Elizabeth. Oh, Basil's and, barking now, so, you know. Uh, he'll oh, good. Up. Well, we need Basil. Oh, wait. Well, then we can, let's. Um... Where's our barking dogs? Woof, 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 woof. There she there is. There she is. Yay. Yay. <laughs> oh, and it's got. I think we rehearsed that. I have two hats. <laughs> But this one lights up. I like cool. the one. It lights up. That's very. You're you're a star. Uh, so uh, <laughs> yes. happy. My hat thinks so. Happy holidays to you because as I as I played this before. It's Christmas. <laughs> Gosh, we've earned it. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We we really have. What a year it's been. All right. You're going to get a, a close up. Here's your close up, Mr. Demille. Um, there's Elizabeth Alfano and you get, uh, you can go to Elizabeth Don't forget that you can do That's that to find L Y S A B E T H. Yeah. And we have it spelled out there. Uh, welcome back to the show. The last time you were with us, um, I believe was about a year ago. Um, just yes. when you were getting started, uh, at, uh, WCGO. Uh, but so thank you. And, uh, and wow, uh, what a ride 2020 has been, Elizabeth. Oh, my gosh. So in so many ways, so uh, first of all, a little time, not 
not correction, but just uh, I like the way the last guest rolled with the plant boss. So I'm going with the plant-based boss. So I like that <laughs> okay, a lot. Cool. Uh, so we're getting rid of guru. We're going with plant-based boss. Um, so it has been quite a year, obviously, and such a difficult year for so many. And even if you haven't been of COVID or maybe you still have your job, lucky, lucky you, uh, just uncertainty has been um, so anxious and then making us anxious and then the election, et cetera, just you, you, you know, the routine, but if you live in the plant-based world, oh my gosh, all you do is get good news all day long. So it's hard for me because I sit in both worlds. Of course I read the news and I'm on, you know, CTV, et cetera. Uh, and it's got awful. And then I live in the plant-based world and I'm like, wow, good news every day, more and more people going plant-based, more and more people getting rid of the meat, COVID being this enormous tailwind for joy of joys, people finally mm -hmm. caring about their health again, and people taking their own health into their own hands and, and starting to, you know, use your, their fingers for Google and realize like, gosh, you know, maybe I should boost my immune system. Maybe I want to stay healthy during COVID so that I, if I get it, I bounce back easily. You know, what do I need to do to do that? And so they're starting to work out the meat and work out the dairy. So it's just been a busy year from where I stand. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that's that's so interesting you should say that because uh, 2020 has uh, had different effects for different businesses and industries. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Marty Travis on the, uh, the show from Spence Farm, um, and he said that farmers, a lot of farmers have done very well. And this is even after, it, you know, it kind of depends what you're growing, but the local farmers that are producing food for your table versus the commodity farmers uh, have done very well because folks have, and you alluded to this, Elizabeth, they want to eat healthy. Um, and so it's been a banner year for a lot of those farmers, perhaps not all of them. And, and it's kind of interesting. Some, some people have done well and some people have done not. Mm -hmm. But as you say, the plant-based world has done well. A lot of farmers have done well, the small, smaller farmers, if they can find the markets, uh, and earlier on it was a little tricky, um, once we got past that point, things have just taken off like a rocket, haven't they? Yeah, it's been beautiful to see people uh, recognize vegetables again, um, find them interesting, <laughs> see their benefits. You know, you here on this show being nature lovers, and of course me too, always touting the benefits of vegetables. But mm -hmm. people maybe aren't always taking that seriously. And now they're realizing, oh, gosh, with COVID, I'm sort of seeing the connection between the antioxidants and the minerals and the protein, too. You know, plants have protein, folks. Plants right. are the original source of protein. Animals eat plants. That's how they get protein. Animals and people don't make protein. Only plants and microbes make protein. So, you know, vegetables have all these attributes and people don't really consider them, but now they're looking at them as a way to fight back and be in good health. So it's just great. And I'm so happy for those farmers, of and, course. And protect the health of the planet and to live uh, yes, more humane. Thank you. Yeah, more humanely as well. Well, yeah, and that's something that uh, uh, Peggy wrote in the blog, and I will give Peggy props for that. Uh, she wrote uh, the uh, the story about you in uh, the blog. You can go to MikeNovak.net. Um, and there's this story uh, from Package Facts, um, and I don't know whether you uh, gave that to us, Elizabeth, or you found it yourself, Peggy. Uh, more consumers than ever before want to eat plant-based foods because 
One, they think products that come from plants are healthier. Two, ongoing publication of news stories about animal abuse and poor conditions at industrial farms is causing people to think more about where their food comes from. And three, concerns about climate change are leading consumers to question whether meat is a part of a sustainable diet. And that's the stuff we've been talking about forever on our shows. And so it, so it shows it's finally entering folks' consciousness. Yeah, it's really wonderful. And I'll add to that and say particularly, um, so Package Facts is a wonderful source, and there are so many. That has been um, supported by so many um, outlets. So that's not just one fact that Peggy's looking yeah. at. There are so, so, so many. So that's becoming very common, common, if you will, which is wonderful, particularly if you look at the under 50. So, you know. Our friends, yes, but everyone else, maybe not. But under 50, they're really getting the memo. So Gen Z, millennials, they really care yeah. about this. Obviously, it's their planet that they're getting. They want it to be better than it is today. They have very low tolerance for companies that are abusing it. And animal agriculture, as noted by the UN, the leading source of climate change, more than all transportation together. Um, not to mention chemical runoff and other things that go into the water um, and the ground and then you know how difficult it is on communities that are surrounded by that are you know encompassing slaughterhouses mm -hmm. it's always very hard for them because it's just such hard jobs but anyway um, so you know millennials are looking at that and they are very supportive I think the plant-based food association says something like 79% of Gen Z is looking to be plant-based for the planet Wow and now, and, and uh, go ahead, Peggy, and then I'll bring up something is else. Is that more North America or is that globally? No, I, I believe that that's globally. Um, certainly, America is a leader, but we are not the leader. Mm -hmm. I mean, the UK, yeah, the UK puts us huge. to shame. Yeah. Really? Absolutely huge. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. Yes. Wow. And then there are, you know, cities all over the world. Warsaw is becoming a really big one. Uh, Israel, Tel Aviv, huge. You know, so there's many hot spots all around the world. Lots of innovation going on um, in Holland and Singapore, Singapore, Singapore. You are oh, on yeah. the map. Uh, just so much government investment there. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're seeing people really care about the environment, their health, and as you say, animal welfare. And that's a new one. People haven't really been putting that on their roster before as something that they were willing to say, I know what factory farms are and they don't align with my values. And very few people would say that they would. And I think that's because they didn't have a choice before. They sort of felt like, well, shoot, if I give up this this stuff that's not good for me, saturated fat, cholesterol, you know, we're talking about meat. If I give up meat, What's my option? And now they have options. So, um, you know, yeah. we've been talking about the pull side, the consumer wanting better options for themselves. But now we can talk about the push side. There are more and more options out there. Again, I've been yeah. so busy it's, this it's year. It's not frozen soy burgers yeah. anymore. It's the it's totally changed. Gosh, no. I gotta. Totally I have to. Changed, I have to mention yes. though that I um, I there's a, a place called uh, Pita Inn which is uh, nearby and Peggy and I know because we've we've rendezvoused there um, during the uh, pandemic to be in the parking lot and wave to each other and then uh, go in and, 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 and buy some dinner. I had their uh, uh, plant-based, um, what was that? The, um, the, it wasn't the shawarma, it was the, um, the, a kebab. Oh, the shish kebabs, yeah. Yeah, it was a, a plant-based kebab. Uh, with uh, uh, the impossible meat, okay, which is not meat, which is plant-based. 
And I got to tell you, you can't tell the difference because, well, for one thing, as I said to Peggy, it's all about the spices. Um, and But that's the point of these kinds of plant-based uh, foods is that if you get the spices right, um, everything, people are going to say, well, it tastes good. That's that's all I'm looking for. I want it to taste like what I'm used to. Um, why didn't we figure that out 30 years ago? Maybe we didn't have the technology to do all of the processing. I don't know. A little bit of it is technology, yes. And we didn't have, you know, it took younger generations, really, the Pat Browns of the world, who's now, you know, in his 50s easily himself. But, you know, it, and he's been at it. Pat Brown is the CEO of Impossible Foods. Impossible Foods is 10 years old this year. And they have increased their retail footprint at that 100-fold just mm-hmm. in 2020 alone to show you the kind of growth numbers that we're talking about. But, you know, it would take somebody like Pat Brown, Ethan Brown, CEO of Beyond Meat. And by the way, folks, there's so much more out there than just Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods. So, mm-hmm. you know, you do have many options besides those two. But, um, you know, it takes younger generations to say, I see the writing on the wall for the environment, for people's health and for animals. I'm going to innovate something else. So 10 years ago, both of them in their late 30s, early 40s, they started on these things. So I think it's the changing times and it's definitely the technology. I mean, Pat Brown is a scientist first, yeah. then a businessman. So, you know, it takes these kind of brains. And, you know, hats off to America, really, you know, for saying, hey, this is all about innovation. And if you want to be a part of the future, you are going to have to answer that food question. Because as we go from 7.6 billion people on the planet to 9.8, and that's probably low, according to the UN, you're not getting more land. And you're not getting more water. So how are you going to feed 30% more people on the planet with a very inefficient system of meat and dairy? They take so much land, so much water, so much time. I wish we would start paying attention to our population growth. Uh, we, you know, I've been around long enough to remember when ZPG, zero population growth, was a thing in the early 70s. And we were worried about it now. And then suddenly it was like, oh, I know, well, we got all the infinite resources. We don't have to deal with that. We need to address that as well. In, in addition, uh, it, this, this uh, is a finite planet. We have finite resources. And unless we look at that, we're going to be in a heap of trouble. But that's another that's another area altogether. Mm-hmm. One other thing I want to mention about the um, the meatpacking plants and and the CAFOs. Um, one of the things we learned this year about some of those big companies is that not only do they treat the animals poorly, they treat their employees poorly. They put them in situations where they were going to get COVID, and they didn't care. They just didn't care. And and anybody who who wants to buy something from that company should realize that those those people behaved immorally. This yeah. year, they put people, they killed people, they put people at risk. Uh, they were, they were doing um, bets about how much COVID would be in plant. I mean, it's, yeah. it's despicable. Vote with your dollars. Yeah. Vote with what you're buying. Yes. So that's partly what I think this revulsion at the way those people have been treated is part of, is fueling this. So just, okay, we, we've got a few minutes here and you, you have come up with a bunch of predictions for um, for 2021, and we're not going to steal them because I know you're going to be releasing them in a few days, uh, and you should go to elizabethalfano.com. You can see it right there uh, on the screen. But I wanted to talk about a few, just a few of the predictions you have because they're, they're very interesting. So one of which, uh, at the top of the list, plant-based seafood is to 2021 what plant-based burgers were to 2019. Really? So they're going in the seafood realm, eh? 
Oh, gosh, yes. Um, I just want to quickly wrap though on that last thing. Just like Peggy said, please vote with your dollars. If you had any sort of moral inconsistency to watch those companies put those people at risk and then say like, yeah, and then you're going to leave this plant potentially with COVID and go into your community and with your kids and your school systems and we don't care. So if that bothers you at all, you vote with your dollars because um, you ultimately are in control there. Just like you are with your health, you are in control of things like the planet and animal ethics and, and uh, welfare if you care about those things uh, with your dollars. Almighty dollar, love it. Yes, plant-based seafood, that's where we're going in 2021. You are going to see so many options. Now the tricky part is, and we're addressing this as well, I say the Royal Week because I do so much plant-based business consulting. Uh, the tricky part is, you know, it's not uh, Brooklyn and San Francisco that needs plant-based seafood. They got the message. It's Arkansas and Tennessee and all these places in the middle that are looking for options and they don't have them. Um, there's a nice report by a Billion Veg app that um, shows how consumer demand so outweighs the supply. So the real problem for plant-based foods is that we don't make enough of it to meet the demand. And that's because, as you were saying before, alluding to technology, Plant-based does require different machinery, different know-how, so it's not that easy for small plant-based brands to scale up, and not everybody, if you're a small company, can afford to build your own $70 million plant. So we're starting to see and, finally and more investment dollars come too. into this space. And to get into the stores, but a lot of folks are going direct to consumer now, COVID again being this unique tailwind that has put uh, the plant-based business so well positioned in the market. But you are seeing enough brands beyond Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods do well enough that they can now invest in their own factories. So you're seeing more and more um, production come online, which means you are going to see things like plant-based seafood make it from coast to coast and, of course, around the globe. So, uh, yeah, plant-based seafood have you, Have you I tried have. any of that? Have you tried I some sure of the- I sure have. A hundred percent. So good catch tuna. Shout out to them. I love them. Saved to Sea, smoked salmon out of British Columbia. I love them. The plant-based seafood company, scallops and shrimp. I love them. This is just a couple of them. Uh, so yes, great stuff. Uh, wouldn't even know the difference. And I think most people, you know, if people shy away from the facts that we all know about factory farms, they don't shy away from the fact that our oceans are dying or dead. Everyone's got that memo. Everyone's pretty clear on that. And so it's very easy for people to wrap their minds around, oh, gosh, we need a plant-based a plant seafood alternative. So people have less resistance there as well. They, they can't envision what it is because it's, it's confusing, but they really recognize the need pretty quickly. And there's not much education for that yeah. needed. And something like Good Catch is pretty easy to find at this point already. I know Thrive Market has oh, it. Good catches at, at stores. Good uh, catches everywhere. And yeah. they have a packaged tuna, but they've also come out with um, uh, fish burgers and crab cakes. And yeah, so and, awesome. and you also say, and I have to bring this up because uh, this, this will get some people really excited, plant-based bacon. It's bacon! Uh, yes. What about that? Is yes. it? Tell me about plant-based bacon. Well, so the exciting thing here is it's all about innovation. So when you have meat and dairy, there's nowhere to go. You've you've reached what you're going to reach, and if there's any innovation, it's more about it ends up being more on the animal abuse scale of doing things faster, quicker, with less, and you know 
etc. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so no real innovation there. Now with the plant-based foods, we're just getting started. So the plant-based bacon of today is not going to be the plant-based bacon of 2023, for example. But yes, there are several companies, um, one making it out of plant-based ingredients like... Um, soybeans and other lentils and things and one making it out of mushrooms uh the one i'm referring to is uh, hooray foods which is already on the market in in at least los angeles it's probably going to take a while to get across the united states and atlas foods they're making it out of mushrooms so Hmm. uh so so many cool tempeh based versions of it no it's not going to (laughs) taste anything like that peggy it's It's, very yeah it's it's, yeah it's it's very I know what you're saying though. Um it's very thin. It's fries up just like bacon. Mm-hmm. It's you know got some saturated fat coming from coconut oil. There is, you know, it's bacon. It's like when people say, "Oh, but is it healthier?" We're talking about plant-based ice cream. What do you mean is it healthier? It's loaded with sugar. It's ice cream. I, you know, some of these health conversations are very strange to yeah. me. This is bacon, but it's not going to be a carcinogen because bacon like all processed foods are carcinogens in the same category as smoking. Um, not to the same degree, but enough to be in the same category. Um, so it's not going to have nitrates and it's not going to have cholesterol and it's not going to have, um, you know, it's going to have some saturated fat, but not the same as animal fats. It's not going to have pork. Right. And that's, and that, and to a lot of people, that's the key point about, about that. Uh, we just have a couple of minutes. Peggy, was there anything that you wanted to to bring up? Cause you, you put the article together. Um, I, I think, uh, Big thing is for someone who wants to get started shifting their diet, where do they begin? How can they be successful at it? Yes, I love this. Reach out to me. So I have a five-day plan. It's free. It's on my website, elizabethalfano.com slash recipes. You can go to all my recipes. They're categorized by dinner, lunch, and breakfast and snacks. But there's also a free five-day plan. You can just hop on there and it'll take you through five days of a menu plan. And I've got lots of videos on tips and snacks and ways to get around it. Um, I give classes um, once a quarter, but often more if people are wanting it on how to jumpstart your plant-based life. Mm-hmm. It's usually very simple. It's a question of getting out the things that are bad in your kitchen, just reorganizing that kitchen, putting in the things that are good so that you have the tools ready, um, needed as you, so you can just start grabbing things that are good for you rather than not. And just kind of wrapping your mind around a small shift. So as we come to new year, new you, and a lot of people are looking to get their health back in their own control and maybe lose some weight, which is always a bonus. Um, you know, it's really very easy, but, um, I'm really happy to go through this with people. It's a pure joy for me. So reach out to me. And I have one question. We have about 30 seconds. Uh, maybe you can address this a little bit. Are you worried? Uh, because you talk about the business side and we got to have you back to, to, to continue this conversation. Are you worried about big business taking over these smaller companies like the Impossible Burger? I've read about that being bought out. And and so, you know, we start this industry and once again, it gets co-opted by big business and it doesn't become what it started out to be. Are you, does that worry you? To some extent, yes. I mean, Impossible Foods, they are not selling. They're so mission driven. They're so ethically motivated. They are not selling, but, and they're pretty big themselves. They're going to, they're going to make it on their own, but there are smaller ones most definitely. And they do end up selling to larger corporations. It's something we have to keep our eye on. I mean, ultimately the larger corporations are buying them so that they can make more plant-based options because they don't know how to do it themselves. And they know that population is going up 30% and that they have to be more efficient in business because they're not getting more land and more water. So 
they are actually part of the push here is that large corporations are getting on scale to do this. Brands like Smithfield, JBS, Maple Leaf, those are all huge, big meat companies, and they're already making their own dedicated plant-based lines. Well, Elizabeth Alfano, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for wearing the Christmas hat. Uh, (laughs) Fun. I'll have to come back on Valentine's Day so we can... Oh, and and there's Peggy. She's got her trees on on her head. Um, and Lovely. yeah, come back. Um, you you tell us when you want to back. Then can wear something else. And, exactly. Yeah. But um, and then you uh, we want us uh, we want you to keep us informed as uh, as uh, the plant based world moves forward and in, in into 2021, which we all hope is going to be a much better year than the one we had. Well, as you said, it was a good year for that, but it's still been a tough year for everybody. Um, so it thank has you. been. Go ahead. It has been, but there's there's so much hope there as well. I mean, I see the empowered consumer really, as Peggy was saying before, mm-hmm. that they are using their dollars to vote. Uh, it's it's wonderful to see them come up with a vengeance and be very strong and kind of take things back. So very exciting. But I am happy, more than happy, to be your plant based go to. So I'll be the plant based correspondent for the. Mike Novak, plant based yes. right? The, the plant based plant-based desk. But what was I'll it? We, for you every month. But you are the plant based boss. Oh, totally. <laughs> okay, uh, Elizabeth, you have a great Sunday and have and a happy, happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. All right. It's the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki. Guess what? It's that time. We're going to take a break, and when we come back. It's the 2020 version of It's a Wonderful Slice of It's a Wonderful Life. We hope you enjoy it. (laughs) Oh, boy. Here we go. A big hello. From all of us here. At Bartlett Tree Experts. Whether we're up in the trees. On the ground. In the office. Or in the lab. We really do love our work. We feel so lucky. To share our passion for trees with you and we want to say thank you for choosing us as your tree service we look forward to working with you in 2021 season's greetings feliz navidad happy hanukkah merry christmas and And happy Happy new year Since 2001, DiveHeart has been revolutionizing rehabilitation using zero gravity and scuba therapy to give confidence, independence, self-esteem, and yes, freedom to children, veterans, and others with disabilities. At DiveHeart, we believe in the power of partnership because together we can do great things. Let DiveHeart help you imagine the possibilities in your life. Go to DiveHeart.org to learn more. Welcome to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio with just a sips-on of humor. Or is that a dash? Brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root, and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good tools to make me music, porches, lawn serene. Give me all that I can take. Give me stuff that I can break. 
Hello, folks. How's everybody doing? Uh, welcome to the annual festivities. Uh, it's a wonderful slice of It's a Wonderful Life, and I have another all-star cast here with us. Of course, uh, Peggy Malecki, who always plays Mary, uh, is with us. And then you might notice we have some background, except for Ron, who came skidding in uh, at the... <laughs> At the very last second, so he doesn't have uh, <laughs> his background will show up in five minutes. Yeah, um, and I don't um, even know how to do that. So yeah, we're not gonna, we're not going to talk you through it right now at all. No, I got nineteen forty seven right here though. That's right. He's got it on the cal. He wrote that in magic marker on the calendar. Uh, oh, and I didn't start my stopwatch here. So you know, because somebody's going to actually pick up that the first wasn't on a Tuesday in nineteen forty seven. Right about it. <laughs> But, but as you can see, some of us have backgrounds that reflect the show. Of course, I've got the, the uh, Zoom, what do they call a green screen effect or back, uh, virtual background. Of course, I don't have a green screen, so my head's going to kind of pop in and out, and the microphone pops in and out. And, mm -hmm. like, and I, I have a green screen, but if I back up, the whole thing may fall the over. The whole thing will fall right <laughs> over. Uh, and then, of course, on my right, your left, I don't know. I can't tell what, right whatever you're watching. Uh, <laughs> over there is Melinda Myers. I cannot believe Hi. Melinda Myers said she would do this. Uh, do you hey. have any idea what you've gotten yourself into? <laughs> I think I'll be very sorry about this. <laughs> uh, let me just put it uh, this way. Your reputation is shot. No, that's it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going down in flames with all of you. Good company. That's great. Skidding, skidding down in flames like with Ron Cowgill in his truck. Um, and let's see, on my screen below her is uh, our former intern, Ellie Sanchez, uh, who's got her own special backdrop there. Um, yes. Google, it was called generic Christmas living room. <laughs> That'll do it. G generic Christmas living. You know what? That's so perfect for the year 2020 because that's that's all we're experiencing now is generic Christmas living. Uh, next to her is Kayla Delia Reconquista. Um, nice and, job. Very yeah, nice. Thank you. you. Practice that probably more than a script. I do. Uh, uh, Rich, I've been doing a script for 25 years, so I, I know that. True story. Uh, but uh, Kayla is our current intern. However, she's headed uh, to uh, a better place. And I, <laughs> and I don't mean she's going to dog heaven or anything. Um, you're you're going to be moving to uh, New Zealand, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to the University of Auckland starting in, in March. I'll be wow. heading out. Really That's soon. awesome. That is wonderful, and uh, you will be leaving our COVID-infested world to go to a place where it pretty much does not exist. So yeah, yeah. congratulations to you, and good yeah. luck on your studies, uh, and thank you so for, uh, for all the, the work you've done for us this year. She's, she's got like a couple more weeks. I don't know. What, what is your deadline here? What's the... I think uh, I leave February 3rd. Ah, Okay. All right. I've still got some time. We can abuse you for or for a few more weeks. Okay. Yeah, that's a good. few more Sundays. I'm uh, down. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> um, and by the way, I should mention, uh, going back to Melinda, she's playing God, and this is yeah. I wanted I wanted to do this because <laughs> God is a woman. What's what? What's that, Ron? There's God right there. Oh, 
Oh, well, See, God is for right me. there. She's there. Oh, right here. Okay. She's right there for me. <laughs> oh, okay. She's right there for me. No, you're over there. <laughs> uh, uh, world of there for me. Joseph's so got the it, big it does part vary anyway. depending on your screen. <laughs> but, you know, and I'm sorry, uh, Rich Calgill, I had to demote you because uh, Rich has played God in the past. You know why? Because you bailed on us the other year, and I just, I've never forgiven you. And he's you in a bowling him. alley. And he's in a bowling alley. Which that is, was your suggestion. Anyway. I had a nice Ferris wheel with palm trees. I like the bowling alley. I think that is somehow it's just fitting. Uh, so Rich Cowgill, of course, and Ron Cowgill, who's on my screen there. Well, You're actually, there. below. Okay. He's there. No, he's there he's on my screen. There, there for me. <laughs> Everybody point to where to Ron Cowgill. Hey, Ron. Oh, way down. He's way down there. Uh Ron and Rich, of course, are the uh, co-hosts of Mighty House Home Improvement uh, Radio or streaming or whatever you guys call it. Podcast. Podcast now. Podcast. Mighty House Home Improvement Podcast. I guess that's Vimeos. what. But you have, uh, you're still doing visuals still with it yeah. too, right? Oh, yeah. So it's yeah. a vlog, maybe you could call it. And, and you, guys, you guys have a real engineer, so you don't have these issues, the issues that I have. They have their uh, own sure, yeah, right. We don't have, right, Rich? We don't have those issues. No, we'll have them tomorrow because I disconnected. <laughs> I almost have stuff to set up for this. <laughs> so, Difference is uh, we don't do it live, so we can, we can cut it and fix it and make it look like it was done once. Wait, this uh, is going to be live? Tell folks where they can find you and when do you air the podcast? Uh, just go to mightyhouse.net. You'll find everything right there on the, on the website. And uh, the... The video gets, the YouTube video gets posted right on the homepage. So you can follow everything right there, mightyhouse.net. And I should mention that if you want to, Melinda Myers is actually uh, a, a horticultural expert. And as I said, she, you cannot get that reputation back anymore. Uh, but it's done now. If, but, yeah, she has uh, escaped to Bedford Falls, though. So. That's true. Yeah. And you can go to Melinda Myers, M Y E R S. Uh, dot com and find out all about her videos and her uh writings uh a few books too right a couple right thanks yeah 174 books <laughs> she has written 174 books on gardening um and 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 ron knows because he's a he's a fan of the show sunday oh, sure. mornings he doesn't know what to do with himself so he he streams it live yeah, I, uh, I pay, I sit there, I pay bills, I listen to the show, and you know. Drink coffee. So, no, and I don't then do he coffee, and he, that's okay. And then he types in uh, comments like, hey, you guys need a real engineer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> real important. I, I help out a lot. I, you know, real constructive, you know, Pops in with, that I put in there. Thank you, Mike Novak, on occasion. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> Thanks, Mike Novak. I, I wish I could play it. Maybe I'll throw it in. I probably will. When Thanks, Mike Novak. So what we decided was... Um, we couldn't do this live because we knew it would be total crash and burn. So we are, we always do it live. Just do it live. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, not this time. Not, I'm just going to hide here. For not for this. Uh, cause, uh, I want to be able to edit it if I have to. Uh, and, well, uh, so, here we are with with our uh, Partridge Family screens. And, Brady Bunch. Uh, what? Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch. That's it. Same thing. Same show. We can do uh, this and this and Brady this. Brady Bunch. 
Yeah, just, a, a, a different bus. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Same songs, same show. Right. Uh, Brady Bunch. Uh, screen. Well, actually, it's more like um, um, what's the uh, the X and O show the TikTok oh, Hollywood Squares Hollywood Squares yeah except we're missing two on stars. the side here we're stars yeah. in general yeah <laughs> yes we're See, missing it's stars right. <laughs> it's just us <laughs> so uh i should uh, as i mentioned uh we've got uh, uh Melinda Myers playing god and <laughs> a few other roles uh Rich Calgill uh St. Joseph uh as always Ron is Uncle Billy. You are Uncle Billy forever, Ron. You know that. Excellent. Um, <laughs> I'm there and, for you, uh, brother. And Kayla and, uh, and Ellie playing assorted family members and the occasional guy on the street or something like that. Who knows? And of course, you'll have to forgive us for Zoom cutting off uh, voices while other people are speaking. So my advice to you guys is try not to overlap too much. Don't, don't you know, I don't expect you to pick up your cues anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> that's a good expectation. <laughs> Very realistic. Very keep, low. Keep Very them low. high. That's it. That's right. So, so are you all ready? Yeti. Ready. Ready. Yeti. I like that. Yeti. No, I'd be uh, my microphone. It's a Yeti. Uh, all right. So stand by, folks. Here we go. Once again, uh, who knows why I do this, uh, why I put myself through this, but it's the yearly presentation of It's a Wonderful Slice of It's a Wonderful Life. Hello, Joseph. Trouble? A lot of people are asking for help for a man named George Bailey. Joseph, send for Clarence. You sent for me, sir? Yes, Clarence. A man down on earth needs our help. Sir, if I should accomplish this mission, might I perhaps win my wings? Clarence, if you do a good job with George Bailey, and then you'll get your wings. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. See the town? Hey, who's that? That's your problem. George Bailey. That's him when he was 12. Help, George, help. Hang on, Harry. George saved his brother's life that day. Mr. Potter, who's that? That's Henry F. Potter, the richest and meanest man in the county. Mr. Potter, what makes you such a hard-skulled character? You can't begin to spend all the money you've got. Oh, I suppose I should give it to miserable failures like you and that idiot brother of yours to spend for me. He's not a failure. You're, you're not. You're the biggest man in town. Bigger than him. Bigger than everybody. George Bailey, I'll love you to the day I die. Hello, Mr. Gower. Capsules. Don't hit my sorrier again. Don't hit my sorrier again. Genuine cowhide. Combination locks. I ain't got these brushes right here. Combs. No, All kinds no, of stuff. no, 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 no. I, I want a big one. Good afternoon, Mr. Bailey. Hello, Violet. Hey, you look good. That's some dress you got on there. Why, this old thing? Why, I only want... Went, <laughs> Take two. Shoomed <laughs> out in flames. Why, this old thing? Why, I only wear it when I don't care how I look. 
boy, oh boy, oh boy, my last meal at the old Bailey boarding house. You wouldn't consider coming back to the building alone, would you? I want to do something big and something important. Pop, I think I'll get dressed and go over to Harry's party. Sam! Hee-haw! Uh-oh, Sam Wainwright. Well, hello. Hello. And dance by the light of the moon. Oh, a hot dog, just like an organ. Mary, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow and the next day and the next year and the year after that. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet and I'm going to see the world. George, come on home, quick. Your father's had a stroke. Now we come to the real purpose of this meeting, to appoint a successor to our dear friend, Peter Bailey. Therefore, Mr. Chairman, I make a motion to dissolve this institution and turn its assets and liabilities over to the receiver. Just remember this, Mr. Potter, that this rabble you're talking about, they do most of the working and paying and living and dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? Anyway, my father didn't think so. People were human beings to him, but to you, a, a warped, frustrated old man, they're cattle. Sentimental hogwash. George, they voted Potter down. They've appointed George here as an executive secretary to take his father's place. I'm leaving. I'm leaving now. I'm going to school. This is my last chance. Uncle Billy here. He's your man. My wild Irish rose. Oops. Sorry. I'm all right. I'm all right. I know. I know. He didn't go. That's right. Hello, Mary. Uh, I just happened to be passing by. Yes, so I noticed. Well, you're coming in, aren't you? Well, I'll come in for a minute. Would you like to sit down? All right, for a minute. Would you rather leave? Now, you listen to me. I don't want any plastics, and I don't want any ground floors, and I don't want to get married ever to anyone. You understand that? I'm going to do what I want to do, and you're, and you're, oh, Mary, Mary. George, George, George. Don't look now, but there's something funny going on over there at the bank, George. I've never really seen one, but that's got all the earmarks of being a run. If you close your doors before 6 p.m., you will never reopen. Three, two, one, bingo! We made it! Close the door, we made it! Look, look, we're still in business. We still got two bucks left. A toast to Mama Dollar and a Papa Dollar. And if you want to keep this old building and loan in business, you better have a family real quick. I own the house of Mia Giuseppe Martini. I own, own, my, own a house. <laughs> Bailey family's been a boil on my neck long enough. Well, I suppose I'll find out sooner or later, but what exactly did you want to see me about? The point is, I want to hire you. George, I'll start you out at $20,000 a year. The answer is no, no, doggone it. You, you, you sit around here and you spin your little webs and you think the whole world revolves around you and your money. Well, it doesn't, Mr. Potter. In the, in the whole vast configuration of things, I'd say that you are nothing but a scurvy little spider. And that goes for you, too. Uh, you've probably already guessed that George never leaves Bedford Falls. No. Joseph, now show him what happened today. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da-da-da. 
Wait, here's the best part. Okay. $8,000. We've got to find, oops, we've got to find that money. I'm no good to you. Where's that money, you silly, stupid old fool? Where's that money? You realize what this means? It means bankruptcy and scandal in prison. One of us is going to jail. Well, it's not going to be me. Hello, darling. Hello, daddy. Hello, daddy. Hello, daddy. Does she keep playing that? Daddy, the Browns next door have a new car. You should see it. Well, what's the matter with our car? Isn't it good enough for you? Excuse me. Excuse you for what? I... You what? I burps. <laughs> and then the dog barked. Uh, oh, Mrs. Welsh? Say, what kind of a teacher are you anyway? Hello, who's this? Oh, Mr. Welsh. Okay, that's fine, Mr. Welsh. Give me a chance to tell you what I really think of your wife. Daddy, how do you spell hallelujah? How should I know? What do you think I am, a dictionary? Tommy, stop that. Stop it. Janie, haven't you learned that silly tune yet? You play it over and over again. Now stop it. Stop it. Danny. Well, what's the matter with everybody? Janie, go on. I told you to practice. Now go on, play. And now you cry. <laughs> Must you torture the children? Is daddy in trouble? Yes, Pete. I'm in trouble, Mr. Potter. I've got to raise $8,000 immediately. You once called me a warped, frustrated old man. What are you but a warped, frustrated young man? Miserable little clerk crawling here on your hands and knees and begging for help. No securities, no stocks, no bonds, nothing but a miserable little $500 equity in a life insurance policy. <laughs> You're worth more dead than alive. But I tell you what I'm going to do for you, George. I'm going to swear out a warrant for your arrest. Misappropriation of funds, malfeasance, manipulation. Why do you drink us so much, my friend? Please, you go home, Mr. Bailey. This is a Christmas Eve. Bailey? <laughs> Next time you talk to my wife like that, you'll get worse. <laughs> oh, now look at what you did. My great-grandfather planted this tree. You come back here, you drunken fool. Uh-uh. Hey, what's the matter with you? Look where you're going. Uh. Hey! Well, uh, who are you then? Clarence Oddbody, AS2. AS2, well, what's that AS2? Angel, second class. Well, why'd you want to save me? Well, that's what I was sent down here for. I'm your guardian angel. Well, you look about like the kind of angel I'd get. What'd you say? I said I wish I'd never been born. Oh, no, you mustn't say. Wait a minute. Joseph? You've got your wish. You've never been born. Well, what I need is a couple of good stiff drinks. How about you, Angel? You want a drink? <laughs> uh, where's my car? I beg your pardon? My car, my car. I'm the fellow that owns the car that ran into your tree. You must mean two other trees. You had me worried. One of the oldest trees in Parsville. 
Pottersville. Why, you mean Bedford Falls. I mean Pottersville. Oh, well, come on, Gabriel. Clarence. Uh, Clarence. Clarence. Uh-oh. Every time you hear a bell ring, it means that some angels just got his wings. That does it. Out, you two pixies. Go through the door or out the window. Get me. I'm giving out wings. You're crazy. That's what I think. You're screwy. You're driving me crazy here, too. I'm seeing things here. I'm going home and see my wife and family. You understand it? And I'm going home alone. Ernie, take me home. I'm going off my nut. Where do you live? Well, now, doggone it, Ernie, don't you start pulling that stuff. You know where I live, 320 Sycamore. Now, now hurry up. All right, all right, 320 Sycamore. Bert, what's happened to this house? Where's Mary? Where's my kids? Watch them, Bert. Bert, Ernie, what's the matter with you two guys? You, you, you were here at my wedding night. You, you both of you stood out there on the porch and sung to us. Don't you remember? <whistles> Mother. Mother, this is George. I thought sure you'd remember me. George who? All I know is that this should be Bailey Park. But where are all the houses? Gone. Where's Harry? Dead. Where's Mary? Verge, uh, you're not going to like it, George. Where's Mary? Where is she? Where is she? She's just about to close up the library. Ah, uh, there must be some easier way for me to get my wings. Mary, it's George. Don't you know me? What's happened to us? I, I don't know you. Let me go. Mary, please. Oh, don't do this to me. Please, Mary, help me. Where's our kids? I need you, Mary. Stand back. Help me, Clarence. Please, help me. I want to live again. Please. George, what's the matter? Now get out of here, bird, or I'll hit you again. Get out of here. What does Sam Hill you yelling for, George? Bert, do you know me? Hey, your mouth's a bleeding. Are you sure you're all right? <laughs> My mouth's bleeding, Bert! My mouth's bleeding! Zuzu's pedals! Zuzu. There they are! Bert, what do you know about that? Merry Christmas! Yay! Hello, Bedford Falls! Merry Christmas, movie house! Merry Christmas, Emporium! Merry Christmas, you wonderful old building and loan! Hey, Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter! Happy New Year to you in jail! Merry Christmas, Daddy! Merry Christmas, Daddy! Merry Christmas, Daddy! Kids! Janie! Tommy! Daddy! Zuzu! Zuzu, my little ginger snap, how do you feel? Fine. Not a smidge of a temperature. George! Oh! Let me touch you. Are you real? You have no idea what's happened to me. Come on, George, come on. Come on downstairs. Come in. Uncle Billy, everybody. Mary did it, George. Mary did it. She told some people you were in trouble, and they scoured around town collecting money. Harry. A toast to my big brother, George, the richest man in town. Should all I don't know the words to this anymore. Should this song be forgot? I'm listening. 
You should have put the words to the song <laughs> on the script. Good GP. Good idea. And Zuzu says. Look, Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's right. That's right. Attaboy, Clarence. Everybody give yourselves a round of applause. Because no one else will. No one else will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got through it. That wasn't a half bad. All right, no. one more time. Now we're now we're gonna record. <laughs> Okay, are you ready? <laughs> funny man, funny man. Well, all I got to say is Peggy's doing the recording. That sucker better be on there, okay? That's, uh, it better be on there. Oh, man, that was great. Thank you, guys. Um, I, I can't tell you how much I, I appreciate it. And it's a weird way to do it on Zoom, uh, but it's been Let's oh, face it, it's, it's mm -hmm. been a Zoom kind of year, so this yeah. is perfect. It's a perfect yeah. way to, to, to end it and get into the holidays. Um, so uh, I got to ask you, Rich, how are things uh, down in Florida? Um, well, you see the news media where we kind of act like this isn't going on? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. people are acting like it isn't going on. And our numbers are going up because the more the North locks down, the more they come here. We're, we are so inundated with snowbirds, it's insane. Wow. So wow, that's fortunately, good. you walk the beach, it clears your head, seems to work well. As long as you stay away from people, right? Yeah, no. It's, yeah, no. <laughs> they have open yeah, bars and, and restaurants down there. Oh, yeah, no, everything's wide open down here. It's just it's the crowds. We stay away from those crowded areas, the true mm -hmm. tourist traps. But, yeah, I mean, you get on a boat, you're fine. I mean, you can't buy a boat down here. Can't rent a boat. <laughs> Why? What? They're Same all like campers. Everybody bought everything. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's just yeah, they're like getting the, away. The RVs. RV yeah. sales so. are going through the roof. Yeah. Um, and uh, Melinda, do you guys have snow on the ground there yet? It seems like just only on my property. <laughs> we had it a little bit of snow on Sunday. It's been kind of cold, so it's lingering, but just not that much. So not too bad. So, uh, the Wisconsinites are all going to Florida. Everybody's all going to Florida, except that Ron's here working. We're all here working. Yep. Ellie's here yeah. working. Kayla's here working. So Peggy's here working. Well, be, feel fortunate you're working. There's too many people I see that are hurting from just I know. because of these shutdowns. I mean, it's yep. a very tricky thing. Well, last week on the show, we had uh, a restaurateur and a bar owner. Uh, you know, one of them is, is going to keep going during the winter. And the other said, no, we're going we're gonna to shut down until uh, the spring. And everybody has to make a choice on it. And, and Peggy and I are lucky we get to, to do this stuff. Um, and uh, uh, and and keep going, and you and you guys are still building. I know that the uh, the trade we can't build still... them fast enough. No, a house on our island doesn't last more than four days. Well, Ron, you just came from a job today, so you're you're. And I imagine with the warmer weather, you've you've kept going a lot too, right? Oh yeah, no, it. You know, once the once the shutdown, once they started lifting that, it was just game on. It's just because everybody's stuck at home, so. They're like, you got to come do this kitchen. You got to get this bathroom taken care of, this basement. Mm -hmm. um, outside areas, patios, decks have been going crazy this year. Um, porches, screen porches, three-season rooms. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of what people are wanting yeah. to add on right now. Right. So, wow. Landscape, hardscape. Yep. 
and can't hire people. You know, there's, you just don't, you can't find anybody good yeah, out there. So. Down in Naples, they got millionaires that are stuck in their place because they can't go, they don't want to stay in New England or whatever. So they stay sure. in their gazillion dollar properties down here and they're doing three, $400,000 landscaping jobs because they're right. now staring at bushes going, I don't like those. <laughs> Take them out. Uh, well, Melinda could help you with that. That's, yeah, that's... exactly. <laughs> well, on a side note, Ron, I got a house I got to show you. This house is um, $60 million build. Uh-huh. It is 42,000 square feet. It's all cat- poured in place concrete, including the roof. Wow. And he's shooting for net zero. Holy smokes. Yep. Wow. The guy's that's an investment a... banker who actually, he knows he's being goofy, but he's shooting for net zero on it. Is that the one you're doing right on? That's like across the street from the beach? Um, down the street from him, but oh, okay, yeah, that's very well, cool. folks. Thank you so much again. I, I really, I really, really appreciate it. And, um, I, Melinda, I will try to help you get your reputation back. Okay. I, I will. <laughs> Maybe I need to look elsewhere for that kind of help, though. No, offense, uh, <laughs> Ellie, Ellie, and Kayla, thank you guys so much for jumping in and just being part of the madness. Um, and of course, Rich. And, nice and to Ron, meet uh, as always, uh, you can't uh, get away from this either. So. <laughs> it's all good, brother. No, all right. it, I'm glad. It, I hope you feel- can't. A great time. Hopefully, everything goes well in in New Zealand. It's yes. really, uh one of the places on my bucket list. Can I go? Thank you so much. Yeah, I'll try to fit you in my suitcase. <laughs> yeah, uh, wait, wait. I uh, you I mean your steamer trunk? <laughs> <laughs> that steamer trunk's going to get one leg in. That'll be about it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. We'll keep you posted. Uh, uh, thanks again, all. Uh, guess what? Rick DeMaio, weather coming up next. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we'll be right back. Thanks, Mike Novak. At this time of year, we spend a lot of time indoors with our plants, so help them thrive. The plants you're viewing were treated with Leafzyme, a foliage spray designed to activate beneficial microbes already present on the leaves. A spritz every few weeks promotes growth-enhancing microorganisms that process dust and other particles into nutrition that indoor plants can absorb through their leaves for beautiful and vigorous growth. Go to blazing-star.com and check out their BioGarden line for home gardeners. Hello from Happy Leaf. This is B.J. Miller, the horticulturist here on staff. Now that we've put away our gardens for the winter, it's time to start indoor gardening. The best way we can help you be successful with indoor gardening is to provide you with a really great grow light. There are a lot of choices on the market and it can be extremely confusing to decide what you need. Our goal here at Happy Leaf is to provide you with a light that lasts a very long time and makes your plants really happy. We have several satisfied customers, including our friends Mike Novak and Peggy Malecki, because we have specifically designed a light that is versatile, it's very effective, and it is extremely simple to use. Our lights are perfect for seed starting, but you can do so much more, especially these months of the winter. You can supply yourself with your own leafy greens and herbs, grow lots of different types of vegetables, keep your small fruit trees thriving, and your houseplants will think you've sent them for a day at the spa.
You have the ability to give your soil a superpower. It's called composting. If you don't have a backyard, you need to contact Collected Resource Compost. CRC has diverted 7,000 tons of food scraps since 2010. They bring you a fresh 5-gallon bucket or a 32-gallon neighbor tote with each pickup. You fill it with organic matter from your kitchen, they swap it out and get it to a commercial composting operation. Fight climate change. Go to collectiveresource.us. So Santa gives gifts to good boys and girls. How does he get all over the world? Scientifically accurate Santa Claus. 91 million children around. Santa has to travel 3,000 times the speed of sound or one 1,000 second per house. 300,000 tons of toys or greater. The weight would create a meteor crater 2.4 miles all the way across. Also, Christmas time is pagan. A festival of gifts appropriated by Romans based on the Odin myth. He's the god of war and death! Santa's trip on that sleigh's real brief. Four million pounds of force turn him into ground beef. That's probably how he fits down chimneys. Okay. No mm. audio. Good morning, guys. Can you hear me? Morning, Rick. Can hear you. Good morning. No Chris. audio, Mike. I can hear it. I can't. Oh, we don't get it. We don't hear anything. No, I can't hear Mike. I can't hear Mike either. I can't hear Mike. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now we can hear you. <laughs> yeah, I had to t- turn this down earlier because while I was playing the video, I didn't want anything extraneous noise to get up there. Thank you. There we go. I'm back. All right. Now I can turn the, the light on. I was just going to say that was Scientific Santa uh, was in honor of um, Rick DeMaio. Um, so I know Sa- uh, you're you're always interested in the scientific part of uh, Santa Claus there, Rick. Um, let me... Um, Take care of this uh, bit of business. Let's do this seriously. Hold on. Uh, One more thing, Rick, and then we're right with you. Uh, McHenry County College's Center for Agrarian Learning continues to create opportunities for folks to learn about growing food and working with the earth. In January, Atina Diffley, organic vegetable farmer and author of the award-winning, winning, not winning, winning memoir. Winning? Winning. (laughs) Winning. Uh, turn here. This is uh, this is what women looks like. Um, turn here. Sweet corn. Organic farming works. Will be presenting two workshops of two sessions each. Both feature valuable skills for new and established farmers. Now the first is record keeping made easier. Strategies and systems. Believe me, <laughs> if you're not keeping track, uh, you're you're not going to be doing well. So uh, that's on January thirteenth. And 20th, the second is crop planning for market needs and profitability on January 27th and February 3rd. As part of your registration, you will receive either the Wholesale Success Manual or Direct Market Success Manual, an $80 value published by Family Farmed, which is supporting these workshops. By the way, if the name Atina Diffley sounds familiar, Uh she's been a guest on this show. She knows her stuff. The play is wonderful if you ever get a chance to see it, uh, which is based on her book. Go to turn McH- here sweet corn. Yep, turn here sweet corn. Go to mchenry.edu slash cal, C-A-L, to find more information, mchenry.edu slash cal. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show, the final segment of 
2020 and it can't come soon enough uh if you save the best for last though yeah we did because we've got meteorologist rick DeMaio here rick i gotta play something for you you might recognize this and you might not uh see if you can identify the voice here we go If you're having a hard time finding that special Christmas gift and you live near Succasana, New Jersey, giving will be a lot easier this year. Nobody Beats the Wiz is opening another superstore this Friday, November 29th on Route 10 at the Roxbury Mall in Succasana. Be there. For Christmas, as always, Nobody Beats the Wiz. Who was that, Rick DeMaio? Uh, the male or the female? The, uh, the no the the male the guy the, the guy doing the voiceover. Boy, I don't I don't know. I, Do you know where Succasana is anyway? New Jersey? Um, yeah, it's like northern New Jersey. It's in the New York City metropolitan area. Okay, uh, that's Joe Namath, uh, and uh, ah. uh, and I. Oh, I, okay. My bet- my audio is a little crackly, but I didn't I didn't get to yeah, I didn't hear that. Now I'm. I'm you're very I'm, crackly. I'm used to I'm used to, hear, used to hear Joe Namath. You know, do stuff like flex all fifty four or some sort of insurance policy. But that was a while ago, huh? Uh, yeah, I think that was a while ago. It's probably 70s. in the seventies, is what I'm thinking. So yeah. uh, I had to bring that in. Uh, okay. Yeah, I like that. Well, good Sunday morning. I didn't realize this is the last uh, time we're meeting for this year. We're not going to be around next Sunday. No, nah, you know what? I just said uh, it's time to to take a break here. I need I need a, I need a week <laughs> off. <laughs> Okay then. Uh, She'll get you down. Uh, no, no, not it. No, it's it was you know it's just been a long year, and I thought you know what, I, I the end of the year, I just want I want a week. Caroling. Out. I I'm you know I'm doing I'm caroling, believe it or not. Today, yeah, there you go. You, today, you, you need a better excuse than It's been a long year. <laughs> yeah, uh, a caroling today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday all. Social distance, all masks, all outdoors. We've, Outside. We've done a bunch of them. Um, it's been really kind of interesting. Um, and people are really nice, and they're just desperate to have uh, a halfway normal uh, Christmas. But they're, yeah. being, but they're being really good about giving us space. And, you know, we don't even get near the audiences usually. And, um, and they're all outdoors. And um, it's just been really a, a, a kind of a fascinating time to do that sort of entertaining. Yeah, I would I would think that any time that you can have a little bit of normalcy during what has been a, a bizarre, abnormal year, um, weather-wise, uh, political-wise, uh, um, health-wise, I mean, 2020, who would, who would go figure that when you hear about, when you hear the, the numbers 2020, People always say, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? And yeah. you would have thought that, you know, the the year two thousand was going to be a turning point. You know, we're going from one century to another. Um, although some people say two thousand was the end of the twenty of the century, which they are correct. Um, but yeah, this is really this is really bizarre. And here we are finishing up the year since we are finishing today um, with a sunny Sunday. Yep. I mean, you look outside and there's no snow on the ground. It's pretty nice. And guys. I have geraniums. I'm not kidding you. I have geraniums blooming in the front of my house. In a pot. In a pot. They're up against the wall. So 
they're obviously getting a little bit of heat from the building and they get a lot of sun uh during the middle of the day but it's it's unbelievable it's the 20th of of december and they're, they're probably gonna probably you know continue to do uh until the uh, until one comes through wednesday night so mike if you're going to be out and about wednesday night, strong front comes through and if you're going to be out on thursday which is something like you are um it, it'll be the first true winter day Yikes. where we have temperatures like in the morning, like in the low teens, in the afternoon, in the low to mid twenties, with like forty mile an hour wind. Oh, so Thursday, no. Christmas Eve is going to be pretty cold, but oh. so far this has been this has not been bad for December. We're running actually five point five degrees above normal. Um, I'll take that in December up until the twentieth. Yeah, uh, uh, daytime yeah. highs above thirty two for like some huge amount of time this year. Yeah, it, it, it it's pretty. Amazing pig, but not only that, but the overnight lows are pretty mild as well. We have not really had many super cold days yet. And I was looking at the average temperatures. Um, and, you know, obviously we, we talk about, you know, meteorological winter begins tomorrow. That's when the sun is at its lowest point in the sky and is up for the shortest amount of time. Uh, we've already actually in the last, I think, three days uh, begun to increase the time when the Sun setting, so it was at one point four nineteen. Now it's now it's four twenty one. But it's sunrise. It's getting later. Now yeah, there you go. That'll continue to do so. Um, you know, for the next couple of days before we really turn the corner. So this time of the year, even though people say, "Oh, I hear that once we turn uh, uh, from the first day of the last day of fall into the first day of winter, you know, the sun is now uh, up uh, up for a longer period of time." It's like about 10 or 15 seconds. It really doesn't make, make a difference until about the third it's, week of January. But it's the mental realization that the days are getting longer. Oh, yeah. No, you're right about that. It's amazing. I think by like the end of January, the sun is setting at like 5 o'clock, and we all we get excited about that, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but the pattern does look like it's going to turn cold around here for Christmas Day, uh, Christmas Eve night, and Christmas Day. Um, and believe it or not, we get right back into a, a brief warm-up, um, like two or three days before our prayers, and then we turn really cold the first week of January. But you know, that's what we should be doing. Should be time of the year. And as long as we don't have snow on the ground, uh, the cold is kind of modified a little bit. Yeah. Well, I wish it it would hold off for just one day, because uh, the twenty fourth, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be outside singing. It's going to be brutal. Four, no. What, four gigs? Yeah, I got four gigs on Christmas Eve. It's crazy. It's just, it's just nuts. So, but, um, but you know what? Speaking of snow, we got to talk about the Northeast blizzard. Um, that was really one of the more dramatic snow events I've ever seen. Um, the storm wasn't that large. Uh, there was a, an incredible amount of moisture with it. It had actually moisture from three different sources. Um, it started out with the Pacific Ocean locked up into the flow pattern. Then it got a lot of Gulf of Mexico moisture. And then as the storm system basically deepened off the Delmarva Peninsula there, that's the area of Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia, mm -hmm. um, it pulled in a whole heck of a lot of moisture that um, amounted to almost two and a half inches of liquid water. Uh, but the fact of the matter was, it was the storm that preceded that one, the one that went through the upper Great Lakes, uh, and brought some incredibly cold, dry air uh, in front of that system. That's what created the two and a half to three inch um, snowfall rates per hour, meaning that 
it was snowing at like 15 to 15 degrees Fahrenheit. It was a very, very fluffy snow. Uh, given the fact that it was so cold and dry in advance, that's, that's one of the reasons why you had 40 inches of snow in some areas of northern Pennsylvania and southern New York. If that would have been a more typical nor'easter, you would have probably had maybe 24 to 30 inches of snow. But this was this was pretty impressive, and it also led to the reason why um, you had phenomenal amounts of of rain and sleet um, in areas like Washington D.C., Philadelphia, New York City. Kind of stayed out of that, but by and large, this was mainly a New York to Boston storm. But anyway, you slice it when you get 40 inches of snow. Um, that's remarkable. I mean, and there were places that got more snow with that event than, or say, with this event that occurred with the storm of the century back in 1993, which broke snowfall records up and down the eastern seaboard. So this was noteworthy, without a doubt. Yeah, that it was. Uh, it's it's one of those storms. You know, when when we get nor'easters, I look at those and I think that's something that does just doesn't happen here in, in the Midwest. Um, um, and I was thinking about all the movies from the uh the forties that were the winters are always chock full of snow and I think, well yeah, they mm-hmm. they they all take place in Connecticut. And uh <laughs> so that's why it, <laughs> and uh, we just don't uh, it's not the same here in Chicago. No, and, and to really put that into perspective, uh there's nowhere else on planet Earth that nor'easter is outside of maybe the northeastern part of Japan. So the northern island of Honshu um, and the most furthest north, which is Hokkaido, um, they get those storms because you have the same sort of um, physical makeup. You have a large landmass to the west and a large ocean to the east. Um, and there's only two places on Earth that are the east coast of North America and the east coast of Asia. And those are the only two places, literally on planet Earth, where you have the combination of maritime polar air and maritime tropical air literally meeting up and creating phenomenal pressure drops and, you know, 30 to 40 inch snowstorms. And when you put that over the largest metropolitan, you know, complex of cities in a row, meaning the Boston metropolitan area and down to Washington, D.C., yeah. I mean, you have 100 million people who are affected by that. It doesn't happen in Tokyo. It doesn't happen in Beijing. It doesn't happen in Moscow. It certainly doesn't happen in London or Paris. Um, and it doesn't happen anywhere. We're in the Southern Hemisphere. So if you really put it in perspective, the Northeast of the United States or the Northeast of, you know, America, um, or the Northeastern part, rather, that's the only place in the world. And even if people in Canada, yeah, we get a lot of snow as well. Montreal and Ottawa and even Quebec City are kind of northwest of that. So it's really the United States. And it wasn't until the first big blizzard of 1888 in the, quote, technological era uh, did we realize how much we are hindered uh, by big winter storms here in the United States? And it was it was pretty amazing. I know that there was an article written, written recently in the New York Times about climate change and winter weather. And although we know that we do get more snow with a warmer atmosphere, it tends to happen more infrequently. It tends to last on the ground um, less. And there's a lot of uncertainty about exactly how climate change is impacting not only winters, but winter storms. Those are really two different things. So when you think of winter, you think of cold and snow. But I remember back in December of 85 and January of 86, it was a phenomenally cold year. Yeah. We had no snow. 
and then you can have incredibly snowy winters without the cold. It's very rare that you have both the cold and the snow, and that last happened 2013-2014, and then again in the winters of 1978-1979. So you get those combinations, those are few and far between. Okay. Uh, um, you're having a, a little audio problem here, so what I'm going to do is have you do the uh, forecast, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. And then when we come back in the new year, we can talk. I I I think your observation, by the way, about the the northeast part of the United States, I had never heard that before. No. Um, it's really uh, pretty amazing um, about uh, geography and and climate and weather, uh, and the fact that. We have that center, and it is the center of information. And 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 you you were right to point out the uh, the blizzard of eighteen eighty eight because that was a spectacular blizzard. Uh, Kathleen was looking at some photos from it very very recently, um, and so it uh, and, and actually trying to determine whether one of the photos was a fake or really came from the blizzard. That was pretty interesting. But because it's such an information center, yeah, that's you hear about those storms all the time. Uh, it's mm-hmm. the information capital probably of the world, um, and so that's why uh, we know about uh, those storms. So why don't you uh, give us a forecast going into the new year, and then we'll wish you a happy new year. Yeah, um, so again, um, the recent mild weather um, will continue today. Uh, we'll probably see a temperature up to about maybe 41, maybe 42 degrees. Uh, there's a little clipper system that's going to come through here tomorrow morning. Don't be surprised if you wake up and it's cloudy and snowing for about two or three hours. If we get a to a half inch, that should be about it. But the clipper system, by and large, goes north, north but we'll be in the mid to upper 30s tomorrow. Um, maybe close to 40 degrees on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and thinking 50 degrees on Wednesday. Um, overnight on low Wednesday. on Wednesday, 50 on Wednesday, Peg. The overnight low Tuesday night into Wednesday will probably be about 44, but the numbers that will go in the book for the day will probably be about 30, because the cold front should come through probably like Wednesday afternoon. Uh, but we're going to have showers. We're going to have maybe an isolated storm. That's right, a thunderstorm possible on Wednesday um, at ahead of the system. Um, a thunderstorm, yeah, there's a possibility of a thunderstorm on Wednesday. Uh, depends on how much moisture gets into this. But this front should really be here, and we'll be back in, into the mid-20s for a high of uh, both Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Normal high right now is 33. Normal low is about 20. In fact, yesterday's average temperature was 16 degrees above normal. Not so much because wow. the afternoon high but the overnight low i know it's, it's been very very mild um yeah. and then if we get into a little bit of a warm-up uh, about the 28th 29th and 30th uh back up into the mid 40s before it gets really really super cold for uh the first week of january where we could see below zero last week i told you there was a 50 percent chance of seeing a white christmas here um it looks like now it's probably about four <laughs> you know, we could probably get a little bit of flurry activity but if we're going to see an inch of snow, it's probably going to be on the other side of the lake. Yeah. Lake effect snow. So if anybody is traveling over the lake, uh, over to southwest lower Michigan on uh, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, lake effect snow there, but here on the west side of the lake, um, it should remain just dry. cold. Yeah. And and you what just did you cold, what That's did you take that percentage uh, likelihood uh, white Christmas down to what? I, I took it from fifty one to forty nine. <laughs> 
just so you're under 50%. Yeah, there you go. Rick, there you go. Uh, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, What you know, Happy all of it. And uh, and thanks so much for a great 2020, and uh, we'll see you on January 3rd. And speaking of 20, looking forward to January 20th, right? Um, exactly. January 20th, 2021. Uh, that will be a great day. Uh, you a take great care. Great day for everybody. Take care, buddy. <laughs> peace, love, peace. All right. Peace out. There we go. Rick DeMaio. Uh, before we go, I, since we are making this the final uh, show of the season. There was one thing I, I I almost forgot about this, and I wanted to play this. Uh, mm-hmm. I usually play it on the the New Year's show, and since we're not having that, this is the New Year's show. So let's 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 use this. In this coming year, I'm gonna be discreet. Have the slickers playing music soft and sweet. I resolve to treat Tchaikovsky tenderly, and set his second movement off with TNT. Yeah, there we go. Got to play Spike Jones at least yep. once uh, during the uh, the season, and I think we're uh, ready to do this as well. Uh, our thanks to everybody who was on the show today. Um, the plant boss, Joan Murray, and of course Elizabeth Alfano, the plant-based boss. So then we got the plant boss and the plant based boss. And of course, all of the folks who are in It's a Wonderful Slice of It's a Wonderful Life. I'm not Thanks. ready for any time anywhere players yet. Exactly. <laughs> Kayla and Ellie and uh, everybody. Thanks to Kathleen. Thanks to Basil. Thanks to Legata the Cat. Until next time, go green. Until next year, go green or go home. Uh, Stadler? Uh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.